he's referred to as the man in the back of the room and introduced as the voice of God. He's told U.S. presidents where to sit, given Tony and Grammy award-winning celebrities direction, and lectured scads of students. But as he likes to point out, the event entertainment expert you don't know, you don't know, Anthony Bellata. And Bellatified. Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of Bolotified, the one and only podcast about events, entertainment, and engagement. Stop now. Hit the like and subscribe button. Do it right now. I'm Anthony Bolotta. I'm your show host. I'm here as I am every week with the one and only Alex Epostelidis. Hello. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey. Hey, hey, Tay Tay. I think we have a fabulous guest this morning, so uh, we we should just get right into it. Let's do it. You know what? I'm very impressed with our guest today. She has come a very long way in a very short amount of time. She's the owner of Current Events, LLC, and she is the creator of, and I'm going to say this slowly because it's a mouthful, the Sustainable Sparkle Bar, which is a full-service event planning agency. She also has Twisted Up, which is a braid bar, and Crystallized, a full-service makeup bar. Her Sparkle Bar is not only biodegradable, which I love, it's Poosh approved, which is awesome. She's created custom body art at music festivals such as Bottle Rock, Coachella, and Stagecoach, just to name a few. And she has sparkled up the cast of Vanderpump Rules. So, so cool. She has brand partnerships with Malibu Rum, Postmates, and Kettle One Botanical. Please welcome the sparkle queen, Taylor Morgan McPherson. Tay Tay, how are you? I'm great. Thank you guys for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Oh, thank you so much for being here. Before we even get going... I've got 10 quick questions for you. 10 quick questions? Rapid fire. 10 quick questions. Who's your favorite singer? Joe Jonas. What's one activity you lose track of time doing? Hiking. Why does your nose run and your feet smell? (laughs) Um... Maybe feet smell from sweating too much, and then your nose runs from it being cold. Love it. Do you cry? Yes. What is your favorite Broadway show? Um, How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying. And it's also the the longest title in the world. Uh, (laughs) How long do you take in the shower? Like 20 to 30 minutes. Have you ever skinny dipped in the ocean? I haven't been fully nude. I think I've come close. So maybe the skinny without the dip or the dip without the skinny? Oh, okay. (laughs) What what takeout food do you order most? Indian food. Because it's like the one thing I can't cook at home. Oh my God. What's your favorite Indian dish? Not on the list, but I have to ask. Tikka masala. I love tikka masala. What's the item on your to-do list that you never get to? I have this wall in my bedroom that I want to put this um, design on. Like I painted it one color, but I want to paint over it so it's like textured. And I've been putting it off for like two years now. (laughs) (laughs) It'll get done. Yeah. Last question. What's the first letter of your go-to curse word? I'm going to say F. Oh! You sound shocked. Oh, come on. Well, I'm just, just, I'm, I'm, let me just say I'm taking count. I'm keeping count. We've, okay. only, we've only asked that question three times and we've gotten three F's. <laughs> no S's. What'd you say? It's the first one that came to mind. Yeah, I think that might be true for, for all of us. <laughs> so tell us about your business, Tay Tay, because you don't just do, the sparkle bar you've got some other things going on so tell us tell us what you do and uh you know let's start there yes so i'm the sparkle queen i created the sparkle bar about five years ago in asbury park new jersey which is a big beach town tourist attraction town and i started it on the boardwalk there 
Um, and then after about one summer and one off season doing it in New Jersey, I moved to LA. That's when I started doing music festivals. Sir Restaurant for Pride was actually my first event in LA ever. First event in California ever in 2018. What was Pride, did you say? Yes. So I did the Pride Parade at Sir, and that's when I first met the whole cast of Vanderpump Rules. And I we shot for the show, and it was a really great, uh, fun day. The place was packed. I mean, it's always packed there for Pride, but probably the most packed I'd ever seen it. Wow. Yeah, that's right Right in West Hollywood, their, their restaurant. Uh, so you started on the boardwalk in Asbury Park. Right. And was this a you know what gave what what was the impetus what what was the the seed of inspiration so i had been working in asbury park in restaurants as ho- as a hostess as a bar manager um in some of the very popular restaurants in jersey so i knew the climate there i knew what the crowd was like i knew what areas would be successful and so when i decided to start the sparkle bar it was a mix of inspiration from me going to Coachella in 2016 Um, and 2016. I've been going to Coachella every year since, but once I went to Coachella, I saw how everyone there was sparkled, covered in glitter, just like I was. And I was like, oh my God, these are my people. Like, I just want to be covered (laughs) in glitter and sparkles like this all the time. So I started wearing them in my hair and makeup. And then about a year after that, people would always ask me like, oh, I love your glitter. Like you're covered in sparkles. Like, I love that. And I would just say, oh, thank you. Uh, But then I turned it into a business and now I can say, oh, I can make you sparkly too. And so um, it's just really evolved from there. Um, Bottle Rock was my first music festival that I got accepted into also in 2018. So in a matter of two months, I just sold everything that I owned and moved to Los Angeles with two suitcases and never looked back. And so I had the Sir event that I did. And then I had Bottle Rock within a matter of about two weeks from each other. And that gave me so much great attention and press um, that I was able to book two to three other music festivals later in the year and then can start to consistently like make a name for myself in LA. I think that's actually how I got connected with you guys through the Vanderpump Rules mm-hmm. um, opportunities. It's just really amazing that you started this ride and it just took off. It doesn't sound like you've had really any bumps or any reasons at any point to feel like, oh, this maybe not be a, might not be a really good idea. I mean, the pandemic was very, very hard because I had just started to really do music festivals and those were the first things to go. Mm-hmm. You know, um, when first I think they canceled South by Southwest and then they canceled Coachella and I'm sitting around and I'm like, this is not good. You know, I started right. to immediately start to feel very strange. I was the first person out of all of my friend groups to start to have things canceled. Like in that first week in March, I, everything just went from like one event canceled to all five events that I had booked for like that week and later in that month canceled where everybody else was still able to go to work. They were still making money, you know, restaurants hadn't even really shut down yet. And so we kind of didn't know what was going on. Um, but for me the whole time, I love glitter. I have such a passion for, um, putting glitter on people, doing the artwork. I'm an artist before I even started doing the sparkle bar business. And I knew, I guess in my soul that there would still be an opportunity for this whenever things did come back throughout the pandemic, I was able to continue to get my name out there and work by um, doing protest events, actually. So like in LA, um, I would do protests and vigils and I would bring the sparkle bar there and I would glitter people and I um, have these really cool stencils of the uh, Black Power Fist and I would put those on people. Cool. They were like wildly successful. And so that was something that made me to be like, okay, I can still do this. Like it's still, it's going to come back eventually. Like, you know, and also it looked great on my socials and on my website to show that I was consistently still doing something and that I hadn't let the dream die. And then as soon as festivals did start to come back, um, I was lucky enough that I was already consented into Bottle Rock and Bonnaroo, which are two of the biggest ones that I do. And since I was consented for 2020 before they got canceled, I was still on the list for when they all finally came back around. So it was, it was such a blessing because I had kind of already done the work for the first two years prior so that when everything did come back, they were like, yes, we know you, we know you do a good job. We know people want this. So of course we would have you back to be able to do it again. Now it's just become even bigger, especially now that there's such a push for people wanting to do events and wanting to celebrate and wanting to be out and be around people and do things that are more creative and, you know, maybe spend the extra money to do that extra push to really get sparkled up instead of just attending the event to really want to be 
immersed into the culture of what's going on at these music festivals. And that is really glitter, getting your hair styled, um, putting the entire look together so that you really feel like you're part of the vibe. Right. We just got to say about her eyelashes, though. I know nobody can see it, but they are fabulous. I just had to point that out. They're sparkling like nobody's business. Yes. Yes. So I also make the eyelashes for um, the for the people who are listening at home. I make Swarovski crystal eyelashes. So all along the corners of the eyelashes, I have little mini Swarovski crystals and they kind of really twinkle and catch in the light. And that's just something that I was bored in my kitchen last year around Christmas time, making them for myself. And I wore them everywhere for like two months before I even started selling them because I just kind of wanted them for me. I'm, I'm so into glitter and sparkles. I'm always doing something new and innovative just for myself. And then when people are like, Oh, we love that. Can we get it to I'm like, I, I guess I'll sell them to you. And they <laughs> <laughs> well, that is passion at its finest mm-hmm. because uh, you know, you're, you're not creating for, financial reasons you're creating because it's something you love to do and you love to wear. And uh, I think you're probably living the dream when, when the dream is when you, what you, when you do what you love, you don't work a day in your life. Absolutely. And I just wake up every day. I'm like, how glittery can I be today? (laughs) (laughs) You are my, you are my soulmate. (laughs) I I want a tour of your house. I want, I want to see your bathroom floor and your bedroom floor. (laughs) Definitely. There's glitter all over my floor. So then I'll go to yoga class and I'll stand on the mat. And then I like take a step and I'm like, Oh, there's a lot of glitter on my. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, you know, I, I would love to applaud you for doing whatever you could do during the pandemic Mm -hmm. to, to be out there and to stay relevant because I have to believe that that's part of the reason why when events came back, you were still top of mind and you were still invited back. If had you had you not, again, this is something I believe, had you not put yourself out there, there's a very good possibility people would have thought, oh, she's no longer around or forgotten you because you hadn't been around. Um, Did you did, did you go out and you don't? You don't have to answer this, but I'm curious. Did you go out and charge people when you were doing the protests? Oh, yes, absolutely. And I I mean, I was lucky in that um, realm because I was a black business owner. So everything, you know, people were really looking to support black businesses in the first um, protest that I did wasn't really, you know, it wasn't it was more of a event, right? We shut down the street outside the Laugh Factory and there was a couple other vendors that even had a food truck come. Um, Tiffany Haddish came and did a quick- Wow. Yeah, it was like a huge like renegade pop-up thing outside the Laugh Factory. So it wasn't quite like we're marching down the streets, you know, with the signs, which I did that too, just to be a part of it. Um, But it was more so like an event and that's where it would start. So that's how me being there as a vendor made more sense. And so people were happy to support me and to give me money because they're like, we understand what's happening to you. You know, you can't do your events. You can't do what you normally are doing. But at the same time, like you're doing something that's so great. And I was able to change it with the pandemic where like I wasn't sparkling people's faces and having to touch their faces and get too close because we're all wearing masks. Mm -hmm. So I really was able to um, tone, hone into the body art and really make that the focus there. So it's like showing people how we can still do Sparkle Bar. I think that's also what helped me be able to come back sooner, showing people that even with masks, even during the pandemic, the artwork that I do can be shifted to focus on a different area. So it's still Mm -hmm. safe for everyone. That's that's awesome. Yeah, it's it's amazing what you can do with a little ingenuity and Mm -hmm. some energy and passion Uh, and, and, I, I, again, I applaud you because you found a way to get out there. And most of us would have said, well, there's just no way. I mean, I have to touch people's bodies. I have to be, you know, within a foot of their space. And, you know, nobody is going to allow me to get that close to them. Yet you, you know, you didn't let any of that deter you. You went out there and you did what you had to do. And we were all often outside. Most of the times we were outside. So, you know, the, uh, it was at the time when all of the news about the transmission rates were going down. Like if you're outside, you're not going to be likely to catch right. it. And then um, after the protests stopped, before things really opened again, um, being in Los Angeles and close to the close enough to the beach, people were throwing and we started throwing renegade pop-up parties on the beach. So like 
we would get a bunch of our friends together. Somebody would grab a generator, we'd bring a DJ and we would throw almost like an outdoor club day party on the beach and I would be there doing sparkle bar. And so that was another way for people to like get together and see each other when like restaurants weren't really open yet. It was still to go food, but the weather was nice enough for us to be outside and it gave us something different to do. And the city didn't uh, get in the way. You didn't have any issues with. Oh, the police came every time, but we technically weren't doing anything illegal. Uh... <laughs> you know, they, would, they would come because they were like, well, the, the neighbors complained, but like you guys aren't breaking any laws. So like, we can't really stop you from doing what you're doing here. So we're, they were like, we're just coming to check in so people can see that we were here. I love this because it's just, it's an, uh, an example of during the worst time, but the best of humanity coming out and supporting each other and still creating happy memories and supporting important causes, all of that. It's really cool. Yeah, it was a great way to educate people about what I do. Um, and at the time I was meeting a lot of new people and they didn't really understand. They were like, oh, glitter, like, oh, cool. But then when they would follow me on social media and festivals started to come back, they're like, wait, okay, now we we get it. We see the whole like overarching idea. Like you were on the beach kind of just doing it for donations and tips. And the idea of the entire business is so much larger than that. But like, we give you so much credit for being able to come out and show what you were doing. <laughs> For the folks listening, where do you apply sparkle in the sustainable at the sustainable sparkle bar? And what is the most um, requested application? So our most requested application is what I like to call the signature swoop, which is the classic glitter highlighter look around the sides of the face. So when um, you go to a festival and you see people have glitter from about the top of their eyebrow down to the uh, highlight part of their cheekbone. So we do that and we can do that in just about any color. I have over 30 different colors and shapes and sizes of glitter. And then I add gemstones along the inner uh, line of it to make that really pop from there. And then um, in the past year with Euphoria becoming so huge, and I'm so thankful for that show for really um, exploding the trend of sparkle makeup as an everyday thing, not just for events. Um, I've really been honing in on that glitter, like rhinestone eyeliner look and uh, little mini gemstones on the inside corners of your eye, along your brow line, um, holographic different looks and, winged eyeliners and bright colors. So we've really been focusing on um, those things as well. When you say holographic, what does that, what does that mean exactly? So it's almost like an opalescent sort of glitter mm -hmm. or gemstone. So it changes colors as you look at it and as it reflects in the sun. So it could be nice. anything from like pink, purple, and blue to like a silver that has greens and yellows and blues in it. Um, so it's just like a mix of different colors all in one product. Any plans to jump on the uh, magnetic eyelash movement that I'm I seeing happen? I personally don't want to do the magnetic eyelashes um, just because I have so many different wary thoughts about it in terms of the metals that must be in it. For it to be magnetic, there's got to be some sort of metal in it that you're putting close to your eye. So that to me is a little off-putting. And then I've heard from so many people that if you have the magnetic ones on and you're out in like a windy day or you're in the car with the windows down, they just fly right off. And I'm like, I do too many different things in my lashes being at music festivals. I can't have them lifting or coming off or chanting it at all. So I'm, I'll just stick to the, the classic glue to make sure they stay on. Plus, I'm just going to say, because I tried them a couple of different times. Oh, good. And they make them look like they're so, no, those, I, I have never once successfully, nor has anybody I have spoken to has tried them ever once successfully gotten those suckers on right well and that liner stays on your eye and apparently it's hard to get off like very hard to get yes. off oh the magnetic liner yes well i, I anytime you're risking having to yell oh my god my eyelashes flew off <laughs> it's a bad time it's a bad risk like well it, how do people with glasses see if i put them on wouldn't my eyelashes go blink right to the middle of my of my frames yes and that frustrates me sometimes just wearing sunglasses <laughs> if i with my sunglasses are too close to my eyes like i always have to like keep them down a little bit to make sure that my lash doesn't touch so i can only imagine if they weren't securely on uh, which is another thing i pride myself at uh, for the sparkle bar, I do music festivals. Like for instance, Bonnaroo this year, 
it was 96 degrees, like 96% humidity to a point where like, you're just sweating everything out of your body. But luckily we still had customers and I was still able to transition and put the product on them in a way that they weren't going to sweat it off, that they weren't right. going to touch it and have it come off because of the products that I use and the applications that I do. That's a great thing to say mm -hmm. and to note uh, because the weather is getting hotter. Oh, it's, it's so crazy I'm hot. <laughs> it, it it is crazy hot, and and we do uh we do have a reputation for complaining about weather that's really pretty decent, but it is definitely hot. You guys are having hotter weather where you are than where I am. I'm in Georgia right now, and it is nothing compared to what you guys are going through. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. it's it's uh it's really unbelievably hot. I've I've been here thirty years, and I don't think I've experience this kind of heat ever because normally in in southern california it's hot could get hot during the day in the summer but the evenings cool off always right not this time yeah. i kind of love it though i'm not complaining i would prefer to be this hot than for it to be cold so it's like if, if it's gonna be really hot right now and then maybe in another month it's gonna start to cool mm -hmm. off i'm like i will take it and embrace all of the heat right now for as long as we can so, but that does, that is a, an occupational hazard, that kind of heat, but you've managed to find a work around it. So you're not working on people in, on a hot, sunny, humid day and having the application melt off their face as you're trying to get it on their face. Exactly. I think we uh, first ran into that in stage at Stagecoach in 2019, because it was like 104 out <laughs> there and we were in almost direct sunlight. Like they gave us an umbrella, but it was bad out there to the point where like wow. you're drinking water and it's coming out of you like you never have to go right. to bed because you're just sweating um but yeah like i said thank god the, the products that i use they stay on very well um because i always like to say like when you walk away from the sparkle bar you're immediately a representation of the type of work that we do there you're a walking advertisement and that also um, filters over to the brands that work with me because I can turn their logos into custom body art stencils. So it's a multiple touch point of marketing, right? So when someone walks away, they see it and they're like, oh, I want that too. Or, oh, I should get that done. If it doesn't look right, people aren't going to say, oh, make me look like that. Right. So how do you manage that at a music festival that goes on for a number of days? Do you have people coming back and asking you to reapply or to touch up? And do you, uh, you know, what is the, what is the protocol? So I always recommend that if we put it on your face, you wash your face that night before you go to sleep. It's just safer for your skin. I will say we always get like a small handful of people who come back and they want to be like, oh, look, it stayed on overnight. I'm like, I know that it will stay on your face overnight. I just don't recommend that you do that. But in terms of your body, it could be on for like five days to a week. So we do have people often coming back and being like, it's still on. Um, if they need something touched up on their body, we're definitely um, welcome to do that. I usually don't charge people extra for that. Um, especially if you already paid to get the service done the first time. Um, and it just, it, it works really well that way. So for the most part, yeah, like on their face, wash it off that night. Some people do try to leave it on. I just don't recommend it repeatedly. Um, you know, it's like sleeping in your makeup. Mm -hmm. All women know, like you want to wash your makeup off before you go to sleep, but on your body, I sometimes like, um, I'll, I do a lot of hot yoga, so I'll put leggings on and off and I'll take my leggings off. And I'll be like, Oh, that's still on my leg. Cause I often like when I'm at events, if I have a minute, I do designs on my legs often. Cause it's just like a, a big, long surface area that I can put different designs on. But that's also another area that if, if it's on there, it could be on there for days. And I almost kind of forget that, that it's there. Wow. So what is, your, I don't think you answered this. What is, what is your favorite body part to work on? I like people's faces and um, their eyes. So uh, one of my employees this weekend was actually asking me about that. Like um, when we do certain designs, like the wings, eyeliners, is it in the same spot for every person? And I'm like, absolutely not. Like every person's face is different. I like looking at people's faces and deciding what's going to look best on their face based on the classic designs we do, like how I'm going to tweak it to them, what colors I'm going to pick for them, what shapes and sizes of stones am I going to use for each particular person? Because you can at the baseline have the same design, but each person it's going to look a little bit different on them. So it's all about how to make it look best for each person. And do you do, I'm sorry, Anthony, do you do a range? You find you do a range, especially with women. Do you do a range of ages or is it pretty much certain age range? 
absolutely a range of ages, especially depending on the event. So like this weekend, I, I did a little girl. She was two years old. She was so cute. And she, this was like the first child of that age that as I was doing it, she was like perfectly moving her arm and like being still. And I was like, kids that age usually don't pick up on it that quickly, but she really like wanted to get it done, which I love. Um, and then I've also, you know, done women up into their seventies, like bottle rock, the demographic at that event is more so like 35 to 55. So it's a lot older. Uh, so I do people all a ranges of ages. It depends on the event, you know, at, and even at Bonnaroo this year, actually. Yeah. We had a lot of women in their fifties at Bonnaroo. All right. So I have to ask this question and it's not disrespectful. It's not meant to be disrespectful at all, but is it, more difficult working on older people and um <laughs> i see i see alex's face cringe but i have to ask this question is it more difficult working on older people or on different types of skin it's a good I, question actually i yeah i don't think either of those things are difficult mm -hmm. like the the first thing that popped into my head is as the most difficult are children who move around a lot right because i'm always like don't move your face um kids that move or people who are very drunk and they move too much. <laughs> that I is see. the most difficult thing. Like the, the type of skin or you being older, like say maybe somebody has wrinkles on their face, like those things don't really get in the way I feel because like the glitter will cover that up and almost make your whole skin and face pop more. So it's like, as long as I have a still canvas, I can create anything. Yeah, I was thinking I'm gonna come to you with just these two little fine lines right here. I'm just gonna have you fill them in permanently. Yeah. <laughs> so there goes the facelift <laughs> you know there's an artistic piece here it's not just about the makeup and the glitter it's about the application where did you learn this artistic i'm, I'm very much self-taught so my mother is a fully licensed cosmetologist so i grew up in a salon with her so i had seen different things i remember i and she also um, later in her year, started working at the beauty counter of Chanel um, in Lord and Taylor in our hometown. And I remember I came to do a makeup event for them one day just to like, I think be a model, like, cause they were all going to do my makeup. And my mom goes, make sure you put your lashes on. And I was 26 and I was like, oh, I don't own fake eyelashes. I was like, what do I do? So I had to like run out and get them. But so like my mother is very much you know, a beauty queen, a beauty person. She's taught me so many things in my life and I've seen her do a lot of different things and I've been playing in her makeup since I was like seven. So in terms of that, I've learned it through that way. Um, and then I worked at a summer camp called Camp No Counselors, which is a sleep, sleep away camp for adults. Um, and there I was really able to harness my skills of being the arts and crafts leader. And so like people would come to arts and crafts and I'd be like, oh, if you guys don't want to tie dye or like make a friendship bracelet, like I can sparkle you. So I would just practice and practice and practice on people. And then I learned different things like um, for euphoria, I spent my entire early part of the spring this year really practicing that delicate, intricate stoning um, of the rhinestones around the eye and the, that eyeliner look so that I could make sure that I could not only do it well, but do it efficiently and do it quickly. Because, you know, at these events, you're, it's about speed as well. And it's about knowing the contours of the face, right? And understanding what's going to look best on, on the face, as you mentioned it earlier. How do you teach that? Can you? Uh, I can teach that it is, I'm somebody who it's like, you learn from watching me, but more recently, because I'm really building my brand and working on scaling at this point, I've been working one-on-one -on -one with each of my stylists. So now, um, previously I would try to do like a virtual training. Now I have everybody come in the day before the event and I work with them one-on-one -on -one and we'll partner up and I'll show them how to sparkle each person like they'll sparkle each other and then I'll come in and I'll tweak and I'll be like that needs to be a little bit bigger here this needs to go to this line this you should you know you hold the brush this way use this side of the brush to to really get those lines in there um you know don't use too much glue because you don't want it to be like running and extra on their face mm -hmm. little things like that. right well so you're actually doing these in-home or in-office tutoring sessions before you go out with your crew Absolutely. Because ultimately, you know, I want it to be like McDonald's. Like when you get McDonald's everywhere, it tastes exactly the same. Like when you get sparkled at the sparkle bar, like I want it to look very cohesive um, so that people know like our signature style. Yes, it's important. I, I can't help but wonder what might go through your mind when you see somebody who is wearing something that you did maybe the day before and it's still on their body. And I, I can't help but wonder 
if it doesn't look exactly the way it did the day before what you might be thinking oh like i said when people come back with it on on their body it usually looks pretty much the same but when they come back with it on their face it's like you sleep on your pillow so the sparkle is supposed to look bright but when you sleep on it it kind of starts to fade it a little bit and I, I, the thing that goes through my head is I'm like, I hope nobody thinks that that was freshly done. Right. <laughs> like, I right, right, right. I don't think you just got that done. I hope they can tell that right. you, you slept on it overnight because it's not, it doesn't pop quite as like perfectly on the face as I would want it to when you first got it done. Well, so I would think too, that if somebody comments, they'll say, oh, you should have seen it yesterday when I, I had know. it done fresh. Yeah, right. I'm sure. I'm sure. Absolutely. But you know, it's still, it's a double-edged sword when yeah. it's a, when it's a representation of your work. Yes. And it could mean people coming to your booth or people not coming to your booth when they see it. So there must be a little bit of angst that you feel when you see it walking around, because, you know, at that point, you sort of have to let it go. It's like when we put a show together, it's then up to the actors to bring it to life, right? We have to let it go. And sometimes it's not so easy, you know, so I just I had to get into that that mind of yours how did you come about biodegradable how did that happen that's a great question the first six months that i started the sparkle bar i was not biodegradable i just wasn't educated on it i didn't know that glitter like classic plastic glitter was a microplastic and that it polluted the ecosystems and the oceans but um you know with the world of social media when you put something out there when you put yourself out there on the internet and you start doing things like this. So I started the company and I was posting a lot about it and everyone made sure to educate me very quickly. It only took six months before people are like glitter. Or I think I even, there was a guy who came up to one of my events and he's like, glitter's polluted. Like it's pollutes the oceans. It's bad for the environment. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I was so taken aback when he said that to me in person. So then I started doing my research on it and I was like, oh, wow, this is, this is bad. I was like, this is not good. <laughs> and I'm like, I, maybe I don't want to like align myself with that. But we kind of talked about it before. Like, I'm not somebody who just throws in the towel and says, oh, well, I guess I can't do it. Um, I was like, there's got to be other options. You know, there's got to be something else. I can't just not use glitter ever again. Um, so I started doing my research on it and I tried a couple different companies. I brought samples from all different companies, um, to see which biodegradable glitter I liked the best. And I ended up finding, um, my great manufacturer, they're based in London. Their product is so soft and smooth. And that's what I noticed immediately was the difference. Plastic glitter, when I was using it on the skin, it was fine. But then to get it off when you're trying to scrub at it, mm-hmm. it's, rough and it's scratchy and it hurts your face. Um, and I would even have people like talk about how hard it was to get off. Um, but now that I use it's cosmetic grade, it's made for your skin. It's super soft and smooth. It's almost like extra exfoliant when you're washing it off your face, you know, it's like, Oh, okay. Did I use my exfoliator today? Now the glitter is mixed in with it. So it's, it's so much better. Uh, so yeah, I was, I was glad to find that. And once I made the switch, I just bought like a whole bunch of it in bulk before I did bottle rock. Um, and I, I never looked back. It's and it's been the best decision I could have made for mm. sure. Now you don't current events doesn't just have the sustainable sparkle bar. You have a couple of other products that you operate. Would you like to talk about twisted up or yes. crystallize? So we have been uh, fortunate enough to start to be able to branch into full service beauty bars. So I started as just the sparkle bar, um, but at these music festivals, people want everything done. So they want to come, they want to get their hair done and they want to get their makeup done. So we are now capable of doing that. I work with T-Mobile and I did Austin city limits with them last year. And I just did Lollapalooza with them, um, this past July and they had full hair braiding and styling and sparkle bar. So it's like, we're your one-stop beauty bar at these festivals when you come in. So it's like, if you came in and your hair wasn't done and you can leave the sparkle bar hair braided, we can put colored extensions in it. We can add hair tinsel. We can do just the hair tinsel extensions. And then we add glitter. You can put glitter in the parts, glitter throughout the hair, and then do your makeup and sparkles and then lashes as as well. So we can give you the whole full service look head to toe. Yeah. How long does it typically take for one person? If you're doing the whole shebang? The whole shebang, maybe 45 minutes from start to finish because the braids can be done. Really? Yeah, fair, fairly quickly. And also sometimes if we are really busy, 
we'll do both at the same time. So like while you're getting your hair braided, we'll have somebody there sparkling you so that you can get you, you know, in and out because we know time is valuable, especially if you're at a festival and you have set lists and mm-hmm. things that you want to see shows that you want to get to, we, we don't want to hold you in there forever. So it's a quick come in at the beginning, get everything done and then be on your way and enjoy the rest of the day in your festival or event. In the, in the cool. situation with T-Mobile, how many, how many, uh, what do you call them? When you have people in your booth with you, employees you work for me. Yeah. So yes. the so either hairstylists or the sparkle people, I call them sparklers. Sparklers, I like that better than employees. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many did you have with you? Two when- hairstylists and two sparklers. So wow. Four mm-hmm. And how many people can you get through at a festival? One hundred fifty people a day. One hundred fifty people a day. Yes. Wow. And do you find that when you do these festivals, you're, you have a waiting list or people? Uh, yeah. Yes. So talk on about the that? last day, not only did we have a waiting list every day, we had the waiting list. As soon as we would open, people would put their name on the list and we would have a list. But on the last day, people showed up an hour before we even opened to wait online to get their services done to make sure that they were first. So we wow. showed up to start setting up. And I saw a couple of girls, they were just kind of sitting there and they like looked at me and I was like, are they waiting for us? And the, the people in the activation, they're like, yeah, they've been here since like 1230. We started at two o'clock. And then because, wow. because they were there early, we opened early and we started at 130 for them. But like, <laughs> I was like, wow, okay. I'm, I'm glad. And I was like, I feel like I'm in the boy band now. I'm like, this is a festival. And you guys are <laughs> That's right. You're waiting for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, this is great. So when when you are hosted by uh, a sponsor like T-Mobile, I assume that um, they're covering the costs and the expenses for you to be there. But I assume when they're not there with you, when you don't have a sponsor, then you're taking on that that risk, right? You're paying for the space and you're bringing your people and then you're charging a fee for the application. Would that be fair? Yes, exactly right. So when I work with the larger sponsors like T-Mobile or say Malibu Rum, Perrier, they pay for everything. They pay for travel, hotel, flight, accommodations, and then they pay for our services to be out there to sparkle every person. And then with the service fee that I charge, everything is included. So all the glitter that you need, all the glitter or all the glue and everything that I need to actually apply it, the stencils, all of that comes with it. Um, and then when I'm doing it on my own, yes, I have to bring all of my own things. I have to pay for the hotel, pay for, um, the flights, and then we charge. So then we, I base what I charge per hour off of what I would be making if I was charging per head. So is it a better situation for you to be sponsored than it is for you to go out on your own? Yes, because it's a guarantee, you know, as as I can do well at these festivals like bottle rock that you know is in napa valley it's a wealthy community and there's a hundred thousand people and we can do well you don't know how much you're going to make until the end right right as when people hire me privately and they pay the the higher rate um and they pay for travel and everything we can offer every single person the highest level of service right because mm-hmm. they're not paying for it so right we can offer you something that i would be charging $75 for at a festival where I'm charging people, but it's complimentary and I can feel, you know, okay about that. The customer feels more excited about it because they haven't had to uh, pay for it. And mm-hmm. then they tag the brands on social media. It's all a sponsored um, opportunity. And we can feel very good about saying like, yeah, you know, normally like in my head, I'm thinking like, normally I would be, you know, charging you X amount of dollars for this, but since the brand has already paid for it, it's it's great for everyone to be able to get that higher level of service, even if that particular festival goer or event goer couldn't have afford to pay that. You know, the brand paid for it for them. And if it's your highest level all the time, that's right there is extra advertising. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I am. Uh, I imagine that um, you're just selling basically time. You you have supplies as well, but. The sponsor is saying, okay, we want you all day, eight hours, whatever it is. So it's your time and whatever you're doing with those eight hours, as long as you're, you know, you're using the product and you're, you're decorating people, you're doing what you're being asked to do. 
Exactly. Making people happy. Making, making people, people happy. When they, when they come into the activation, be like, this is my favorite part of the activation. We came in here for you. Like, this is why we're here. The whole goal for all of these brands when they're doing the activation is how long can we keep people in here having fun? Right. So it's like if you're in there getting sparkled or if you're in there waiting online to get sparkled, but while you're waiting online to get sparkled, you're buying a drink, you're participating in the other activities that they have in the activation. It all, you know, one hand washes the other. Yes. Very, very important. Are you in those cases? Is there an obligatory T-Mobile stencil that has to be used or not? So it doesn't have to be used. I offer it. Um, I love it. I mean, my name's Taylor. So like having the T all over me is just always right. funny. So <laughs> I, I like having it on there. So I always wear it. I usually put it on my staff. I mean, I don't force them to wear it, but often they want it. And then a lot of times the brand ambassadors and everybody who's already wearing like T-Mobile swag and logos want it. And then it's there and we offer it, but it's not like when you sit down to get sparkled, you have to get the T and then something else. Like mm. you get it if you want it, but you know, it's not mandatory. So what's happening next for you? Next weekend in LA, I'm doing an event called the Queer Mercado. So that is um, similar. It's not quite a pride festival, but it's hosted by a queer event group. And so um, it's a day market sort of thing. Yeah. Store and market. Um, and then it'll be Austin City Limits in October in Texas. Interesting. So this is, if you don't mind, I'd love to ask a little bit more about the queer Mercado. Where is that taking place in LA? It's going to be on the east side. I think like the Eagle Rock Silver Lake area. Sure. Mm -hmm. Sure. And it's a, it's a day long festival. It's a street festival. Yes. So it's almost like the Melrose Trading Post, but the, their version of it on the east side. Is it a, a monthly happening or a, yes. a, yeah? Every Saturday. And, I think it's every third Saturday of the month. This will be my first time doing it with them. And why did you choose to do this one? I'm assuming there are so many to choose from, right? There are a lot of festivals and markets and why this one? I, I just did DTLA Proud. So I often do pride festivals because mm -hmm. you know, glitter with the pride community is huge. And these people are the same vendor coordinators that, uh -huh. do the, that do the queer mercado. So they were like, oh, you just did our event. Would you be interested in doing this one? And I was like, it's still nice and warm outside. Like it would be a great opportunity for me to do this one. And I don't have another event booked um, that day. So it just really fit into my schedule nicely. So the proliferation of pride events is, is really a, a bonus for you Absolutely. Uh, because it used to just be LA pride and now there are several pride events in LA and here in San Diego mm -hmm. as well. Yes. There've been a Speaking few offshoot ones. Um, if you guys are doing anything around Wonderfront Festival that's coming in November, I would love to get involved with that. So anybody, uh, if you're doing anything or any of your listeners are doing anything with Wonderfront, I, that would be a great opportunity to get involved with. We don't even know about Wonderfront. Tell right. us about it. Yeah. Oh, so Wonderfront is a festival they started in 2019 and they do it all along the marina water line where they have like that, the park. Mm -hmm. um, that sits along on there. And um, they even give you like water ferries that you can ride to get from stage to stage, which I think is kind of cool. Um, and they have a pretty decent lineup. I know g Easy is performing. Um, they have quite a few like major acts that are going to be on this festival. And I, I believe that it's November. It's in the middle part of November. So let me, before I give you guys a date, let me look at what that date specifically is. It's very interesting. I wonder if they're using the Embarcadero. It sounds like maybe they are. Using the what? The Embarcadero, which is the grassy knolls. I, I think that is what they're using. Yes. Um, so I believe it's the 18th. Yes, the 18th through the 20th of November is mm. Wonder Park Music Festival. That's very interesting. Cool. It's yeah. it is interesting. It's a I'm 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 really kind of floored that they're doing it in November. It does you know, get pretty chilly in November and the evenings get pretty chilly. Yeah. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how it does it. Is this the first? This is the second. Wonderfront? In 2019. And I was there in 2019 as a vendor. Um, but this year I would definitely love to go more with a sponsor opportunity than being a vendor myself. Well, we'll see what we, we find out about this and hear about it. It's very interesting. Wonderfront. Mm -hmm. uh, I have to imagine it's going to do well this this year with I people. So yeah. And I, I would hope the first year that they did it, you could definitely tell there was a lot of like logistical 
kinks that they needed to work out. So I'm hoping that over this past couple of years where they've really had time to think about it, that they've worked those things out. We have time now for just a few more questions. This is what we call our Balata Five Five. Five Five. <laughs> okay. These are five. Let's see how you do. What is your three-legged stool? What are the three tenets that you live by? The three tenets that I live by. Um, I think just like always be nice. As I tell people that all, all the time. Like just be nice to people, right? Like you never know who anyone is. Um, another big one for LA is like you never know who anyone's going to be tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. So, like right. <laughs> I like that. That's yeah. true. That's true in life. Period. Is yeah. was or will be. Exactly. Exactly. Um, my other one would be like never take no for an answer. That's a good one. Yeah. Ten- tenacity. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then always be yourself. Authenticity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And, and, and for us, as, as little as we know you, we can vouch for all three of yes. those things. That's, yes. You don't just speak them. You, you live that truth. Yes. Um, what is one of the daily habits you have that you strongly believe contributes to your success? I do yoga every day, at least five to six days a week. And how does that help you? It's I'm very like, I can be very high, stronger, like bouncing off the walls, like always needing to do something. The yoga helps to like ground me. It also gives me an hour that I can't be looking at my phone or thinking about anything else. And it also gives me an opportunity to just like tune in and be present, right? Like if you're in a yoga class and you're thinking something else and your head's not in it, the teacher's going to be describing to you what to do. And you're going to be three moves behind because you were mm-hmm. in your own world. Um, so for me, it really helps me focus at a, you know, at a time. And then it also helps me process through things. They talk about how the body keeps the score, right. And like we hold mm-hmm. this when you do yoga, you move through all those feelings and emotions and you don't have to hold all that stress in on your body anymore. And that's really helpful for me. Mm-hmm. What do you tell yourself when no one else is listening? Like you're a bad bitch. Good girl. <laughs> Good girl. You're so amazing. Like look how look how dope you are. <laughs> I love it. I yeah, love yes, it. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. When's the last time you tried something new? This is gonna be such an easy question for you. I think. The last time that I tried something new. Hmm. Oh no, I figured you always trying something new. I do. So I'm trying to think of like what it was. Oh, I went to a Bumble event a couple of weeks ago. That was something new. Really? Yeah. A Bumble event. Isn't that a dating site? Yes. Bumble, the dating app. So it was like mm. a dating app. I often go to like live in-person single events, but this is the first time I ever went to one that was hosted by Bumble. So that was interesting. You'll have to tell us how that was quickly in like one sentence. It was literally like the personification of the app. So like the type of people and men that you would see on the app were there in the event however the restaurant was so great that was really why i went it was a james beard foundation restaurant um, wow mexican spot yeah really really nice (laughs) oh i love the way you put that you didn't actually say that the men sucked but you did (laughs) (laughs) but the food was great the restaurant was terrific Anybody who's out there that uses Bumble knows what I'm talking about. I don't have to say it. (laughs) I'm going to have to get the app just to find out what you're talking about. I'm intrigued. (laughs) Alex, you don't need it. (laughs) No, I actually, I know we don't have a lot of time, but sometime you and I are going to have a conversation about how you your your whole TikTok and he- helping people yeah. meet stuff people in real life you know because the whole app thing is not for me just, yeah the apps are not really for me however I did just get accepted to Raya which I'm like really excited about that um, but I am I have more luck meeting people organically in person so I'm always just going mm-hmm. out and about and doing things and so if anybody's interested in that you can follow me on TikTok as well because I give um I tell stories about my dating life and I give you places that you can go and meet people. Like I talk about events. Um, I talk about parts of the city of LA where it's the best to meet a certain type of man. Um, and I just share like my experiences being out and about in LA and sometimes San Diego too. I'm 
I want to know what you, you, you mentioned something during that little monologue there and you're, you're excited to be accepted to Raya. What is Raya? Raya is the celebrity dating app. Oh, and you've Ooh. been accepted. Oh, so you're going to date celebrities now. Absolutely. I mean, I've already been dating celebrities, but now I just can get to them easier. <laughs> celebrities or celebrities nobody that major yet like i haven't i haven't had the opportunity to date any a-list actors however i did just meet leo and he's single now so i'm never know right they just had a split right (laughs) so um he's a little old though for you isn't he he's i'm too old for him no way oh yeah you are you're over 25 right yeah (laughs) that that took me a second i can't believe that took me a second to like what <laughs> but I will say, um, in oh. person, he's attractive, but he's only five nine. I'm five eight, tall for yeah. a girl, you know. So. Well, that that is sort of the the issue with a lot of a list celebrities. They're not as tall as they appear on screen. So you gotta, you know, you might find a surprise or two. One more question for you: How old would you be if you didn't know how old you are? How old would you be if you didn't? Know, if I didn't if, know how old I was, if you didn't know how old you were. 26 or oh why 26 because that's the age that i always have to remind myself that i'm not like when i I am like (laughs) partying too much or you know like doing something too crazy i have to be like you're not 26 anymore like you're 31 you should act like it like act like you're in your 30s (laughs) i love it but you know you even in even your even your fantasy age is is older than you should be if you wanted to date leo i didn't really right. exactly say that well we were right there with you no we were you. right there with you no it didn't come out we all that well but thank you so we followed much followed it everybody else did too <laughs> so how do people get in touch with you how do we find you you can find me at sparkle queen la on all social media platforms my website is sustainable sparkle um and if you want to book me for an event you can email me at current events and at gmail.com thank you so much for joining us today sparkle queen thank you for having me Woo. so much fun tay tay taylor uh, thank you for joining us and good luck with uh, the upcoming year. We know you're going to be as busy as all get out. And I'm sure that you'll be hearing from us too for events that are coming back and, uh, with a with a vengeance. People yeah. wanting to feel like they can party and play again. So thank you. Thank you. Everyone hire the Sustainable Sparkle Bar for your experiential marketing needs. Everybody. Everybody. <laughs> you are such a delight. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, beautiful. Hey, friends, thank you so much for joining us today. We have one little favor to ask you. In the show notes, we've put a little survey. Would you mind filling it out? We'd like to know who you are and why you listen. Just a few short questions to let us know. Please help us out. Fill out the survey in the show notes. And thank you for listening.